0: Two.
1: One. Welcome to Weekly Groups. My name is Tim Houlihan. And I'm Kurt Nelson. Each week, Weekly Groups picks a current article or news topic, and we explore it through a behavioral science lens. We dig in to help you understand the psychology behind the headline. The specific topic that spurs us to this conversation is current, but the insights are timeless. Okay. This week, we are looking to find A silver lining in all of the recent protests and civil unrest that has rocked our home city of Minneapolis, Minnesota. Immediately after the looting and the fire started, businesses around the town started to put plywood up over all of their windows and doors. Minneapolis started to look like it was bracing for a storm. Yeah. And, you know, as these were going up and some of them shortly after this, some
0: of the storefronts started spraying messages on these plywood boards. And some of them were defensive messages like black families live here. And some joined in the protest with big
1: BLM or Black Lives Matter painted across them. But within a day or so. These words and messages were evolving into pictures. Yeah, artists came out of the
0: communities and began painting beautiful images, many of them, of course, portraits of George Floyd.
1: And pretty soon, the graffiti art was changing the face of our city. We noticed a recent article in Minneapolis Star Tribune by Alicia Eller titled, George Floyd Murrows: Graffiti on Boarded-Up Twin Cities Businesses Spread a Message of Pain and Hope. In it, she shares, quote, In the wake of last week's riots, hundreds of artists around the city are transforming boarded up windows with messages of remembrance, hope, demands for justice, healing community, and pride for minority-owned businesses, end quote. We wanted to explore this idea of using graffiti art
0: not only as a way of expressing emotions, but creating something more. And look at the underlying psychological principles behind how art in public spaces
1: affects us. Okay. Okay. Let's start, Tim. So, one of the things that we want to talk about is how art can be healing. Yeah. This idea, as uh, was quoted in the article by Pastor Peter Worrell, that art can be an expression of prayer, of hope for the future, and a way of dealing with systemic racism. It is really a way of looking at art, not just as an expression of painting or different things, but an act of healing and comfort.
0: Yeah, art has been considered to be therapeutic for a long time, right? For many, many hundreds of years, we have used art as a way to to heal. There's been beautiful paintings on, you know, uh, buildings going back as far as we have buildings. Mm-hmm. You know, that that art has graced buildings. You know, you go back to to ancient Greece and we have art uh, in mosaics that are still on the floors of buildings that are more than 2,000 years old right. to remind us of, of good
1: things that are going on. Well, and art is actually used in therapy. So there is work, um, art therapy has been used to help people with PSTD. And so if you think about the, uh, civil unrest and and some of the looting and riots that are going on or have gone on this this is kind of it's this own world that's come out and said hey this is a way that we can heal this is a way that we can overcome this because we're we're finding something to do, something that is expressive of the emotions that we're feeling, something that helps us process all of this, which is one of the big things, right? They're talking about this ability to be able to to put down in a picture, in an image, what you can't necessarily say in words. Uh, it's this release of anger. And sometimes this, even the act, it's a little bit defiant of defacing something, right? Is a way of letting go of the anger that's inside of us.
0: Right, that it isn't just about angle. Anger is actually about some social,
1: pro-social message uh, ultimately, right? It's helping right. create the community, yeah. Right, Yeah. so I think, One of the things that comes out of this is understanding that this art isn't only there to make a statement or uh, other aspects of it. It's not just to vandalize. It definitely isn't to vandalize. Most of this art is done on the plywood that uh, is easily taken down, but it's there as potentially a way of healing not only the artists who are doing it, but the community as a whole. Right, right. I think the second thing that we should talk about is art as a statement,
0: right yeah. because graffiti is absolutely a statement uh, for in 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 all of the messaging holy smokes I mean we have seen a lot of statements being made by people who are traumatized and who have been traumatized their whole life and they are they are kind of lashing out and they have, lots of messages that they want to convey. BLM, you know, um, no justice, no peace, say his name. Man, you know, I love I love seeing t-shirts and and masks, you know, uh, for during the COVID pandemic with, with say his name on them. It's really, really cool to have these reiterated and brought up. It's almost like a
1: marketing and branding kind of a message, but right. they're making a statement. And that's about some of the, the issues that are there. And then there's this other aspect, which is about uh, a tribute to George Floyd, right? Where it is, you know, rest in peace, George Floyd, RIP, uh, a number of those facets that go on to this element. I look back and quickly, so within a day or two of, of George's death, the one of the images that we've seen that's been transferred around the world went up on the side of the cup food, which is where his his murder took place. And it was his image, but it also had these names of all the other black men and women who have recently been killed by police. And it made yes a powerful statement it was the backdrop to many of the pictures that got uh shown throughout the world of the peaceful protests that were going on here and yet it was the stark reminder that this man died and not only him but all of these others so it really was the statement saying hey take notice this isn't something that we can just let there's a permanence to 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 that um one because that's actually a permanent uh piece that's going to be staying there. And I'm so glad that it is permanent
0: and that there are other pieces that are going up that are permanent because the artist, the quality of the art is amazing. And I wish, I wish this was a visual thing so we could just show videos of all of the neighborhoods that have magnificent art going up. It does, it, it just, lastly, along this whole idea of art as a statement, I just want to sort of pose a question about uh, Civil War statues, which are uh, topical in the news right now. And it just makes me wonder about uh, there's a lot of, of statement that comes from, uh, a, from, a, from a Confederate war general being up there saying, okay, we're, if, if we're celebrating this general uh, who fought for slavery, then to some degree we're celebrating slavery mm-hmm. and everything that that general fought for. But I wonder what would happen if, if we didn't take it down, if we just let it deteriorate. What if we just let it go and and not clean it up and not not try to protect it in any way and just let it degrade? Could that also send a statement?
1: Well, it could. And what what if and again, uh, you know, I'm not advocating defacing um, property, but what if it was uh, tagged and with some of these other messages, these other statements, um, you know, there could be a way of looking at that, too, as this really strong protest against those particular aspects of our history that have led us to where we are today uh, in that. So, yeah. um, which is an interesting piece of all of this is we we talk about some of the political messages that are going on. Um, there's a lot of, of the art that's around town that is, you know, uh, defund the police. You know, action. You know, yep. fuck twelve. Uh, all sorts of ACAB. All you know these 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 elements that are really political statements. And you go, it goes so far as even within Washington D.C., where the mayor had Black yeah. Lives Matter painted on the street right out in front of the White House as a political statement. And and you agree or disagree with that political statement. It's powerful because it is such a Uh, prevalent message that is in our faces all the time, which I think gets to the next piece that we want to talk about where images influence action. Yeah, they absolutely do. And we go back to our friends at Ogilvy that
0: a few years ago went into a borough of London where there was a pretty high crime rate, and they painted uh, images of the children's Faces from the neighborhood, so it wasn't just any children's faces, but they were actually kids that lived in the neighborhood, and they painted these on the the, the storefronts and the doors, and they found that uh, this was not let's just. Let's make a note: this was not a scientific study. There was no control group, but they mm-hmm. anecdotally discovered that in by the end of that year crime had decreased by 24%, and over three years, crime decreased by 17% in, in those areas
1: where where the, the kids' faces were painted. Right, and so it, it because of the, the paintings, it, it influenced behaviors. And so one of the things that I'm wondering about the images that are being painted and used here in Minneapolis, and maybe in other towns as well, I don't know about those, but are we are we priming people? Because that's a prime, right? It, it, it is right. uh, one of those pieces. Right. So, we're priming people. Or, or so, a
0: prompt up front prompt. and then eventually a, a prime, yeah. Right.
1: So, this idea of, are we priming people with these images to think about, you know, police brutality towards minorities and black men in particular, to yeah. keep that constant to keep that message of resistance up and moving forward. I think there is something to be said about having a positive impact on changing our cultural norms with these, that this is a way of actually making change happen because these images are this constant reminder, particularly for people like you and me. We talked last week very, you know, uh, from the heart of this, but we're, you know, 50-something white guys, and it's not top of mind for us. But with these images being up and staying up, every time I go out now, it's a constant reminder. And I think that's a good thing. I think that's a positive thing to drive the change that we all I believe all people want we want a more just we want a more uh, equal society and this is a way of actually driving that change yeah yeah and I think the the last thing on this is just it's gorgeous
0: so thinking about that Kurt makes me uh really hopeful right, that we can turn a war zone into a modern art gallery, that we can do something that is really beautiful. This is a Phoenix kind of experience, right, where we can take the ashes and turn it into something that is magnificent and wonderful and celebrate it and not let the burned out buildings, which there are many in uh, in Minneapolis right now, but we can turn our streets into these really wonderfully beautiful beautiful places to to live and and by the way just have to say a shout out to bogota colombia that that um that authorizes uh graffiti art around around the city like it's yep. okay to to have uh wall art pretty much anywhere in the city it, I, I believe it is literally anywhere in the city and it's really cool to go through bad neighborhoods and see this magnificent artwork on the the walls. And you got to think it's got to have a positive influence on us when we drive through a kind of a downtrodden area and we have these beautiful images around us to remind us
1: of there is beauty in the world. Yeah. Uh, And I will end on one piece because I think art uh, has all of these impacts. And my daughter's best friend's father, um, is a graffiti artist, a world-renowned graffiti artist, Peyton yeah. uh, Scott Russell, and it goes by Sprayfinger. And he actually did this really great piece with kids. He is he's, he's working with kids, teaching them how to do this in an appropriate way. Um, but also, it, it's about this... Uh, element of creating beauty in in this chaos and having some of the other aspects that we talked about. And so I'm just really hopeful, as you said, that we are able to take this crisis that we've gone through and organically, this wasn't wasn't something that the city said, oh, let's hire a bunch of graffiti artists to go and do this. They just did it. And that's the wonderful thing is this community coming together to have a silver lining on this really tragic impact. Yes. Okay, let's recap this. Graffiti art has blossomed in Minneapolis after the recent protests and the boarding up of businesses throughout the city. For some, it could be thought of as a coping mechanism, a way of working through their anger and sadness, a way to find solace in an uncertain and chaotic time.
0: Now for others… Graffiti art and words were a statement to the community and to the world, a a way to shout out loud their frustration. And images are a way of memorializing George Floyd and making sure he's not just another black man killed
1: by the police. Finally, this is a way of building beauty and joy uh, in our community. People are out on the streets taking pictures. We are looking at this as a way of healing the community, of making the ugly pretty. We are not in a war zone. We are in an art gallery. It brings hope, at least to me and to Tim in this troubled time. We hope that there is beauty in the world and that if we try, we can find it even in the most unlikely places
0: that wraps up this episode of Weekly Grooves. We appreciate you listening, and we hope that you've enjoyed it and found it useful. And if you did like it, please share it with a friend, leave us a review, and go out and have a great week.